What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Can you see me walking down the Hour two of the Tim Weisberg Show. Tim is off until Monday, uh, taking this week off, recovering from uh, surgery that he had a little over a week ago. I'm Brian. It's a pleasure to be with you. You normally hear me Saturday mornings from 7 to 9 a.m. on a program called Brian's Beat. The quote of the day. We must remember that any oppression... Any injustice, any hatred is a wedge designed to attack our civilization. FDR said that in a speech that he delivered in 1940. We must remember that any oppression, any injustice, any hatred is a wedge designed to attack our civilization. Well, one thing that um, might be a wedge between us, the patients, and our caregiver, as in Hawthorne Medical, could be the crisis. Uh, We're talking about a, a company, a parent company, Steward Healthcare, that is in dire financial straits right now. And, um, if you listen to Phil's update, According to Congressman Stephen Lynch, the medical group, I guess I, I need to be more specific, Steward Healthcare is looking to sell off four of their hospitals. None of the hospitals down here in our backyard, but for the four other hospitals. This is a company that is bleeding red ink. 
$50 million in back due rent and bills that have gone unpaid. They've had, uh, according to reports anyway, equipment that has been repossessed. Doctors that perform surgeries at their medical centers have decided that they will no longer perform there because uh, of some of the problems that are going on. And if you're like me, you're one of thousands, thousands of people that go to a steward affiliate known as Hawthorne Medical Associates on Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And you're probably like me wondering, what does this all mean? The next time that I go over there, is there going to be a long wait because they don't have enough people to to take our information, to check us in? Is there going to be a long wait over at Urgent Care, a longer than usual wait to see our doctor? Last time I was at Hawthorne was uh, a week ago today, in fact. A week ago today. And I did have a, a bit longer wait than than I expected. I had no idea why. And, and to be honest with you, I can't explain that it had anything to do with with the shortage. You know, many times I've gone up to Hawthorne and there's been a long wait because there have just been so many patients. And I would assume not enough doctors or nurse practitioners or physician assistants to, to deal with everybody. But the time before I was at Hawthorne, I was pretty much in and out. I was, uh, I had to go to urgent care, in fact. And no sooner than I sat down, than than my name was called to go in. So I, I guess it's hit or miss over there. And it's hard to explain. I, I like the service that I get. I really don't have any complaints. I, I certainly hope that the facility is able to stay open. But I'm wondering what you're thinking, what's running through your head. Hawthorne has three huge medical facilities. The original 535, which takes care of now cardiology and, and respiratory and um, gastrointestinal. Is that taken care of there or did they take care of me over the other place with that? But one, uh, over at that building, then 531 is where my primary care is located. And they also have um, a women's center there. And the urgent care is on the ground level, along with the Dunkin' Donuts. And I know, why would a, a place that purports to be uh, on a healthy footing for people have a Dunkin' Donuts? Hey, money's money. And if, if, if these guys are bleeding red ink, I'm sure Dunkin's pays a nice penny to rent the space that they have. And by all accounts, that Dunkin's is doing a bang-up business. Unbelievable. I, yeah, sometimes I think that Dunkin's <laughs> does better than urgent care. 
I, 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 that could be um, that could be a small joke, but certainly when I'm over there and I'm trying to compare what's going on where they draw the blood, they seem to have a longer line waiting for people to get a donut or a bagel or whatever at at Dunkin's than they do people waiting to to get blood drawn and. And in that facility, a lot of people are waiting to get blood drawn. So it seems to me from a patient count, patient count, Hawthorne should be doing a bang up type business. But what Stewart has stated, and I think this leads to a a larger question for the you's and me's, down the road. Stewart is saying that at their facilities, they're more community hospital oriented and many of their patients, 70% here in the Commonwealth, are on Medicare or Medicaid. And they say that Medicare and Medicaid, the governments, don't reimburse them as well as private insurers do. And so that's why they don't have as much money coming in. Now, I don't know. I, I, I believe that the Medicare and Medicaid folks don't reimburse anywhere near as much as the, as the private insurers do. I, I believe that. But that doesn't explain how... You can be $50 million in the red. Maybe you, don't, maybe you don't take as many Medicare, Medicaid patients. Maybe you don't pay your doctors and nurses and, and whatnot as much. I, I, I don't know. But $50 million in the red, not being able to pay your rent, having tools repossessed, that's a huge problem. And Governor Healy says, somebody brought this up the other day. Governor Healy says that there is no bailout for steward medical or steward health care. Got to get them right. No bailout. Now, how long do you think that's going to last? Here's a group trying to sell four hospitals. They're hemorrhaging. They're hemorrhaging money right now. How long before the state has to step in and say, look, uh, if we don't step in, these facilities will close. Which opens the door again. Government bailing out a, a, a health facility or facilities in this particular case. So bottom line, is this getting us a step closer to a single-payer system, at least here in this state? And has it gotten to the point where health care is so expensive, whether you're talking about Health insurance premiums, co-pays, deductibles. Has it gotten to the point 
where you're willing to just throw your hands up and say something needs to be done here. And that government needs to step in again. Now, I, I part of me is wondering, back when Romney Care took over in, what was it, 2006, 2007, 2008, somewhere in that area, if part of what Romney Care has become, because now we've got mass health, and that <clears throat> that's busting at the seams, that's... Medicaid right there. How much of, of, of our tax dollars are going in that direction? We don't even know how much it really comes out to be. Are you worried? I, I'm worried. At the other end of the, the stick, I'm also worried. Uh, I'm on Medicare now. And I was forced into a situation where I had to choose uh, an insurance plan. Luckily, Joe O'Neill, who happens to do commercials here, and um, I have deep respect for the person because I've actually sat down and, and worked with him. He was able to find me a plan where I don't have to pay a, a monthly premium. But how many people pay a monthly premium for their health insurance? And, and each and every month, when they pay that premium, it, it's taking a big bite out of their paycheck. Or if you're on Social Security, it's taking a couple of hundred bucks a month out of your Social Security. A couple of hundred bucks that you could really use. And then on top of that, there is some type of deductible. And these deductibles range from 4000 5000 10000 some families, 15000 A person that I work with, not here at the radio station, his family deductible was $15,000 before the insurance would kick in. $15,000. What the heck are you going out and, and paying premiums for? And then you have a huge deductible like $15,000. That sounds like highway robbery to me. But that seems to be the direction that, that health insurance and health care is going in. I, you know, I, I said to Joe, I don't want to pay a premium if I don't have to pay a premium. And he showed me the, this plan. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not here to try to sell a plan on you, but he showed me a plan that didn't have it, but it does have a deductible. It sounds like a six of one half dozen of the other, but I think I would rather have a plan with the deductible than have a plan that has a premium plus a deductible. And of course, rent and groceries, everything else is going up. Healthcare is going up. School is going up. 
We're stuck. We are stuck. Specialist Brianna Moffitt, Savannah, Georgia. Specialist Kennedy Sanders, Waycroft, Georgia. Sergeant William Rivers, Carrollton, Georgia. All three were assigned to the 718th Engineer Company, U.S. Army Reserve Unit based out of Georgia. According to the Pentagon, they are the three U.S. soldiers killed in that drone attack early uh, Sunday. And um, you you listen to the folks in Washington, D.C., And they're saying that the president needs to respond, respond, respond. And I will give the administration this much. It's not much, but this much. Whatever they have in mind, they're keeping close to the vest and I, I don't think that they have a gumption to go after Iran. Which, if you listen to the Lindsey Grahams of the world, and by the way, does anybody have a sock for his mouth? You know, we got to go after Iran. Because they are backed, <laughs> Iran backs these groups. It would be nice to know who the groups are, except militant groups, and that Iran backs them. Iran has come out and stated that um, they didn't know anything about what was going on. Now, I know, why, sh- why should we believe them? Great question. At the same time, I think you and I have learned, why should we believe our own government? Why should we believe the Israeli government? So in other words, why should we believe any government? That stated, there have been 160 some odd attacks at U.S. bases since October 7th. These U.S. bases located in Syria, Iraq, Jordan, and in in the Middle East. Interesting to note, and I did not know this until uh, I heard a report on uh, breaking points yesterday. But apparently during that six-day ceasefire between Hamas and, and Israel... These attacks on U.S. bases did not happen. So that tells me, or at least it leads me to believe, that a lot of these attacks are happening because not only of our presence, but our backing of Israel during this particular time. We know what's going on with the Houthis. And I I think 
what what is really bothering me is during this time when the 160 some odd strikes happened at the different U.S. bases, the United States did retaliate in some way, shape or form. Whatever the retaliation was, it didn't stop these other attacks from going on. So that that begs the question, at least for me, maybe not from you, but I would certainly love to hear your thoughts on this. If our retaliations before didn't do any good or didn't stop uh, these miscellaneous drone. Oh, I, I love the line suicide drone attack. Suicide drone attack. That really makes a lot of sense. But anyway, folks are going with it. Folks are going with it. At any rate, if if these attacks are uh, are still going on, no matter what, then what are we going to do? Keep on going tit for tat, tit for tat, tit for tat? I wonder what would happen. Better question. I wonder what would happen, and I know this isn't going to set well with many people, but I really wonder what would happen if the United States said, you know what, let's do like what President Reagan did in 1982 after the bombing of the barracks in Lebanon, and let's just pull up stakes and get out of there. I'm going to get out of this studio and take you over to Studio 6 and 7 eighths. That's where Phil Devitt is. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Brian. House Republicans are moving forward with the effort to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the border. House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries called it a politically motivated sham. The Republican-led House Homeland Security Committee will mark up articles of impeachment today. They accuse the secretary of refusal to comply with the law. The U.S. is warning those tempted to attack U.S. troops in the Middle East. Michael Kastner reports. We will respond decisively to any aggression. And we will hold responsible the people who attacked our troops. That's what Secretary of State Antony Blinken told reporters Monday following the attack by Iranian-backed militants in Jordan that left three American service members dead and dozens injured. Blinken said the U.S. response against Iran could be multi-leveled and sustained over time. He said the administration is working to prevent broader escalation in the region. I'm Michael Kastner. Illinois officials are discussing whether to kick former President Trump off the 2024 ballot. The State Board of Elections is voting today on the issue, which comes after a Republican judge argued the board didn't have the authority or time to consider the matter before Illinois' primary on March 19th. Several other states are trying to do the same, claiming Trump broke the law related to the January 6th riots. President Biden will be on the campaign trail in Florida today. He'll be holding campaign receptions in Miami and Palm Beach. More Americans are feeling better about the economy, but the recent spike in inflation still hurts consumers. Rory O'Neill with more. Confidence in the economy is moving up in the latest Gallup survey, but the overall number still remains negative. 45% of Americans rate the economy as poor, and nearly two-thirds say it's getting worse, not better. Just as many say high prices pose a moderate or severe financial hardship, President Biden's approval rating is also up 
41%, according to Gallup. That's after averaging just under 40% in 2023. I'm Rory O'Neill. A pilot and explorer says he found Amelia Earhart's long-lost plane. The CEO of Deep Sea Vision, Tony Romeo, sold commercial real estate to fund his deep sea exploration of the Pacific last year. The former U.S. Air Force intelligence officer used sonar technology to inspect the ocean floor in the area Earhart is suspected to have crashed in 1937. And American Airlines is adding flights from Kansas City to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. And they include nods to, yes, you guessed it, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Two flights bound for Sin City from the home of the AFC champs will bear the flight number 1989. For those playing at home, that is a reference to Swift's birth year and the name of one of her most popular albums. A return flight to Kansas City scheduled for the day after the big game is listed as Flight 87, and that would be Kelsey's jersey number. And United Airlines also getting in on the fun with specially numbered flights. Turning now to the South Coast, the Bristol County District Attorney says there's an answer in a 33-year-old cold case. 20-year-old Brent Davis was fatally shot in the city in 1991. The DA's office has identified the shooter as Claudio George. He died in 2006. Congressman Stephen Lynch says Stewart Healthcare wants to sell four of its hospitals, but none of them are here in southeastern Massachusetts. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Celtics back in the win column after taking down the Pelicans 118 to 112 at TD Garden yesterday. They host the Indiana Pacers next at 7:30, and the Boston Bruins on the All Star break back at the Garden a week from today with Calgary. Now we check your forecast with ABC6. It's Tuesday morning, everybody. Dry conditions, colder temperatures will rain today. In the meantime, this morning, overcast skies, temperatures around 30. The wind chill values in the upper teens do bundle up if you're planning to head out and about. Mostly cloudy for this afternoon, around 30. And as we head into the overnight hours, those chilly temperatures will continue moderating by tomorrow. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Wake up! He'll wake you up better than that extra-large cup of coffee. No, more Tim Weisberg on WBSM. morning along the south coast of New England. I'm Brian in today for Tim. We don't seek a war with Iran. That is what 
the State Department, that is what the Defense Department, that's what um, the National Security Department is is saying in regards to the strike Sunday morning uh, on a uh, U.S. airbase that killed three U.S. soldiers, Sergeant William Rivers, Specialist Kennedy Sanders, Specialist Breonna Moffitt, all three from Georgia, all three assigned to the 718th Engineer Company. All three reservists, which begs the question, and I, I'm, I'm not a military logistics type person here, but our military reserves are in the Middle East. Hmm. The attack happened while many people were were still asleep. More than 40 were injured in the attack, according to a Pentagon spokesperson, Sabrina Singh. The drone hit a housing facility on the base, which led to the high number of casualties. So the question is, how should the United States, how should President Biden, how should our military under his command, how should they respond to this? What would, if, if you had the president's ear, what would you suggest that he do to try to rectify this problem. And let me just read a little from a report. I know it's from CNN. But this is what they cultivated and, and sent out late yesterday. We don't seek a war with Iran. We're not looking for a wider conflict in the Middle East. John Kirby, the strategic communications coordinator for the National Security Council, told CNN on Monday. In fact, every action the president has taken has been designed to de-escalate to try to bring the tensions down. While the U.S. holds Iran ultimately responsible for the attacks given to Iran's financial and military support for its proxy groups, there are no indications yet that Iran explicitly directed the deadly attack on Sunday or intended it as a deliberate escalation against the U.S., multiple sources told CNN. The Iranian government has also denied being involved. Here's another one from a U.S. official. I don't think this was intended as an escalation. It is the same type of attack they've done 163 times before, and on 164, they get lucky. On 164, they get lucky. Lucky meaning three U.S. service personnel are dead. But is that really the number, only three U.S. service personnel dead? Didn't two 
Navy, I don't know if they were Navy SEALs or Navy frogmen, didn't they die in the waters a little over a week ago? Now, obviously, this isn't a part of the same attack, but we're not exactly sure how they passed away, what they were doing. And wasn't there, wasn't there a mission, a training mission, where five soldiers died during training in the Middle East? Maybe that was um, back before the turn of the year. So... These three are not the first U.S. service personnel to pass away in the Middle East since conflict erupted on October 7th. And as our military is telling us, the same type of attacks that have gone on 163 times before and on the 164th, they get lucky. Really? Lucky? That's what you want to call it? So, if as, um, as uh, our, our White House people are telling us, they hold Iran ultimately responsible for the attacks given Iran's financial and military support for proxy groups. What is that telling us? Because the United States provides financial and mili- and or military support for Saudi Arabia. We're supplying that support in Iraq. Right now. And I suppose in Jordan, since we have troops in Jordan, this is where this this whole drone attack took place in Syria. And what about our support for Israel? If the United States is holding Iran ultimately responsible for the attacks on that U.S. barracks. Then isn't it likely that Iran or Hezbollah, or you, 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 name your, you name your group, could turn around and say, we're going to hold the United States ultimately responsible because we supply military and or financial support to these other groups. You tell me. I mean, didn't we support the Mujahideen at one time, and didn't they eventually become Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden in, in, in that particular group? Haven't we been supporting the Taliban? You know, I, I'm waiting for that day when uh, ISIS is going to come knocking at the door. Hey, we need some support because we're fighting off some other group that you don't like. Our enemies eventually become our friends. Our friends eventually become our enemies. I 
at a time that the used me's don't really remember, we were friends with China. Now China is crawling up that list of most hated nation status. Not with everybody. The former Soviet Union, they were arch enemy number one after World War II. And except for the past couple of years dealing with with the Ukraine, we've been almost pal pal buddy buddy. So friends become enemies, enemies become friends. How would you, if you had the president's ear, how would you tell President Biden to respond? to that attack on Sunday that killed three U.S. service personnel. (laughs) So I've been asking the question, if you could bend President Biden's ear, what would you tell him? How would you tell him to respond to the strike that happened? I, I, I think that I would go back to what uh, President Reagan did in the 1980s. You know what? Let's get our troops out of here. You know, say whatever you want about funding Israel and and their endeavor against uh, Hamas, win, lose, or draw. Same thing with with our money being used uh, in Ukraine, win, lose, or draw. But now we're talking about our, our service personnel. And they're sitting ducks. They are sitting ducks over there. And it seems no matter how much the opposition, whomever that may be, has been lobbing drones or missiles at us, and we turn around and we do the same thing in retaliation, they just keep on firing them back. Now, unless we're going to drop some kind of nuclear bomb, and I'm not suggesting that, This tit-for-tat is going to keep on going on, and more American lives will be lost. It's just a matter of—it's a numbers game. And why are they there in the first place? What good are they doing? Who are they protecting? What interest is being protected that their, their lives are on the line? Is there some is there some interest for all of us here in the United States that uh, thousands of of men and women in uniform need to be in Jordan, Syria, Iraq still? And that, you know, we've got troops in in Israel. So. At what particular time do we say, wait a minute, we have all this problem going on on the southern border and we can afford to have troops reservist at that over in the Middle East? It's a losing proposition. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. How, how are you and I winning in this particular case? 
I can see Israel is winning. Israel is winning. But how are you winning? I, I, I support Israel. I want them to exist. But I don't support their attack, attacks, plural, that are going on uh, in the Gaza. That stated, they've, they've got a genocide rap all over them. And you know what's tied in that genocide rap? The United States of America. Why? Because we supply the weaponry that Israel is using to bomb Gaza, to bomb the Palestinians. And it's certainly a coincidence that a lot of these attacks, 163, 164, you name the number, that have been taking place at, uh, against U.S. installations in the Middle East, started up right after October 7th, seemed to die out during that six-day ceasefire and then started up again. There is something wrong with this picture. And maybe it's time to say, let's regroup. We can bring these, these soldiers back and maybe, just maybe deploy them along the Rio Grande, Texas, Mexico border and, and have them do a different job. A job where maybe they won't get shot at or droned at. Suicide drone attempt. Russ. We don't seek a war with Iran. That's what White House officials are saying. That's not what Lindsey Graham is saying. Have you heard him? We'll talk more about it during hour two. And what would you suggest to President Biden? What would you suggest he do after the drone strike a couple of days ago? 508 996 to get on to the program. ABC News coming our way at the top of the hour. Phil Devitt has an update for us, and then we'll get to your calls. I see you there. So uh, just be patient. We'll get to you in just a bit, uh, talking about a, a lot of things. A lot of things on the table this morning. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 